Hey Sam, how's it going? I, I'm kind of sad, Cal. Why? Because... Sorry, I sounded too concerned there. Yeah. <laughs> Why, Sam? It's rude. Because <laughs> um, I just watched Star Trek. We just watched it. We just came back from seeing Star Trek Beyond. Oh, and, cool. Um, uh, yeah, we and, don't do that yet, but yeah, okay, and, cool. And Anton Yelchin's dead. Oh, yeah. He was... Wait, he's the Russian he's guy. He's Chekhov, yeah. I, I was waiting for him to get like because I thought they I thought he died during filming. No, he was, died after the movie was done. Yeah, because he was actually quite a big part of this movie. He was, yeah. yeah. That's that is really sad. So I guess, I guess we'll. I think we should just and for Leonard Nimoy, can we yeah, just have a, a moment, moment as before we play the music? All right. Play the music. <laughs> Terrible laugh, <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Video Shop Podcast, about what you're watching maybe. I'm your host Cal. I'm your other host Sam, and today we're talking about Star Trek, specifically Woo. Beyond, but I'm sure I'll, I'll talk about other Star you Trek. You won't things. be able to keep him down. So we just got back from seeing Star Trek. Beyond. Beyond. Thunderdome. No. <laughs> we, 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 should, we should clarify, because Star Trek was terrible, and Star Trek Into Darkness was terrible. But Star Trek, in, Star Trek was okay. No. No. It wasn't a good Star Trek movie, but it was... It, it wasn't good, Sam. It was a good action movie. Was Into boring, Darkness Sam. was dumb, terrible, boring. Yes. I agree uh, with all those things. Yeah, I'm, I just I don't even remember anything from those two movies. They are on the forgettable side, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas this actually felt like I mean I've seen very little Star Trek, but it actually felt quite Star Trekky. Yes, and this is the first thing I want to say because okay, I really uh, look. I have some really nerdy minor gripes with this movie, and we'll get into them. Sam's paper cuts. <laughs> Um, do, do, do I really that? liked how Star Trekky it was. That's good. Now the reason it was Star Trekky, I think, is because it was partially written by Simon Pegg. Yes, yeah. it's a massive Star Trek nerd. <laughs> nerd. <laughs> um, so while he still made a Star Trek J.J. Abrams feeling Star Trek movie, a more action based Star Trek movie. Yeah, a more action based Star Trek movie than what Star Trek is. Mm. It had enough Star Trekiness in it that it was. Felt like a Star Trek movie more than Into Darkness did, with all Absolutely. Into Darkness's bloody shoehorned. Yeah, because while Star Trek Into Darkness was referenced, this was tone and feel yeah. and character. Yeah, which is what actually makes a universe interesting. Yeah, not saying Khan. Ah, <laughs> oh, I hate Into Darkness oh, so Benny. much. Benedict Cumberbatch was fine. He was just horribly miscast. Yeah, yeah. He should have been. Anyone else? <laughs> what did you Spock. think of Spock? <laughs> Although I really like the guy who plays Spock. Uh, Zachary Quinto, he's really good, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's quite good. I don't... Uh, yep. What did you think of Star Trek Beyond? Uh, I mean, so knowing very little about Star Trek, I, I still enjoyed this movie. Um, you would. It, it has broad appeal while also appealing to uh, and, and insulting me, the, <laughs> the person who has watched... Ironically, I haven't watched all of the original series, but I've seen every single episode of The Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise. 
nerd. Because, um, uh, yeah, I'm, yep. <laughs> so, the, it, the minor plot holes that I sort of picked up on in the movie sort of, like, fixed themselves by by the twist at the end. The, and yeah. Like, things like, why was that ship still intact when it should, like, when, uh, hypothetically, it was probably um, uh, torn apart by the bees like the last Enterprise-style ship was. And then it's like, oh, because it... Oh, because they So spoilers for Star Trek going. Beyond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no such thing as spoilers. All plurals. So do we want to quickly run through... Carol Sand 2016. <laughs> I don't want to be, you know, that podcast that talks about the movie's plot or anything, but do we want to quickly talk about the movie's plot? I mean, I guess it was quite good. Uh, like, I mean, break down what happens. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> I got that far, yes. So the Enterprise goes to the Yorktown... Yes. Uh, which is a giant space station. Really, really cool, cool space, station, space station, right? Too. It's very, very Mass Effect. Oh, really? Well, it's not like Star Trek. Well, because it would just be way too high budget and there would yeah. be no way to show it. Star Trek in the old, yeah, in the original series was, you know, little <laughs> little paper, plastic paper cups. And I love that... slightly it... larger plastic paper cups. <laughs> and I love that they were like, well, we can't, we can't build a base on a planet because... That implies favoritism to that planet, so we have to build all these massive fuck off space stations. Yeah, and this is the most advanced. It's it's basically a planet on its own. Yeah, and I love McCoy. He's like, it's just a giant s- s- city in a s- no globe in space, just waiting to be broken. <laughs> Bones was really good. Bones is so good. I love Carl he's, Urban. He's probably my favorite character in this series. Well, he's so good in the original, se- and he didn't get enough screen time in, in Into Darkness or Star Trek. Mm. And he got a fair bit in this movie. He did, and him and him and Spock, him and Spock were always at each other in the original series. I'm glad that's back. And th- th- Simon Pegg or the other writer or this director really knows how to pair off people and have them bounce off each other well. Yeah, Picard and Chekhov. Sorry, Picard. <laughs> Kirk and Chekhov. I was going to say, later I was going to bring up how, whenever I watch these, all I think about is how Picard and Data would have solved this problem already. <laughs> William Riker would have strolled in, sat on a chair backwards, <laughs> with his majestic beard. He would have walked in and put his put his foot on top of the skyscraper and just leaned in and gone, hang on. <laughs> Can't we just do this? Um, no, but yeah, so... Yeah, yeah, Kirk and Chekhov... Had great chemistry. Like, they had Chris surprisingly Pri- good chemistry. Chris Prine and Anton y- Yelchin, R.I.P. Um, yeah, great chemistry. Mm. I was genuinely surprised. And I didn't think that I would appreciate this this new girl, this new female character. I didn't either, sort of... because last time they had a new female character, she took her dress off in front of Kirk, mm. exposed everything, and was just like, turn around. Mm. That's not how people act, is it? No, but I mean, technically she wasn't a person, she was a... whatever they were. What? Was that, was that a... no, wait. I'm talking about Into Darkness. I don't remember. <laughs> you don't remember the, 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 the blonde girl just take her dress oh, off? Oh, yeah. I was going to say, surely that's the only part of the movie you remember, Cal. Um, and there's better things than that to jack it to, <laughs> really. That, that's what we're talking about here, isn't it? I've got other movies that I could go to. Anyway, my point is, she was in that movie... She wasn't a great character in Into Darkness. A little over-sexualized and didn't really do anything. Mm. Whereas this character was completely unsexualized, and she had all the technological... Um... Know-how of Scotty. Well, th- th- I'm, I was going to say, like, she was the deus ex machina stuff of this whole thing. Like, yes. you, you could put in there that 
every single one of her little gadgets was a bit of a bullshit deus ex machina way to get out of things. But at least they established it as a, this is how she survived so long. If she didn't have these things, she wouldn't be here at all. Yeah. And it was like, I I think they established her character and her traits really well and exactly why she would be motivated. And she was interesting. Yeah, she was. And different and kick-ass. And I love a kick-ass character. What did you think of the little subplot of or who's leaving the Enterprise? Uh, I actually really liked it. Yeah, because I, I was sitting there going, no one's going to actually quit. Stop fucking us around. No, you don't. But I like it for two reasons. I like the idea that Kirk was getting like almost cabin fever in space yeah. and was just done with it. Yeah. Because Kirk from the original timeline was always adamant about going back to being the explorer. I like looking at it from the other perspective. Mm. I've of just been so tired of being in space. So tired of being in space, yeah, mm. and wanting a life and all that. Um, I like that they briefly touched on the effects, like people, you know, being in relationships and like, breaking up. Yeah. Um, I liked I liked that. That was a nice touch. Um, mm. But I really like Spock's, because that pose a really good... It's a real good... Um, uh, what is it? Well, yeah, he, he feels like he has this responsibility to Vulcan. But it, 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 that was written in direct response to Leonard Nimoy actually dying. Yeah, which makes sense. And it was handled so well. And just that emotional moment in the cave of... Um, I want to live how he lived. Mm. When it's you. You know, it, 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 like, it, in canon, it, it's, it, was, it was heartbreaking. And then in real life, it's like, yeah, Leonard Nimoy was a fucking boss. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you should live like this guy. Yeah, absolutely. You know they owned, he owned a pet store for a long time? No, I didn't know that. Um, I was listening to Engage, the official Star Trek podcast. Yeah. Um, look, I don't love it. Um, it. Sounds like it's for a bunch of nerds, but yeah, go on. It is, but they aim it a little <laughs> bit too generally. Yeah. First guest they have on is Weirdo Yankovic. That's a good first guest. It's a real good first guest, but that's because they're official. Yeah. Um... Look, Engage is good. It's not my favourite. I've listened to the episodes that interest me. But they interviewed Leonard Nimoy's son. Yeah. Because he just finished a documentary about Leonard Nimoy. Right. Which um, which is very interesting sounding, and I want to watch it. Do you know what it's called? Um, I can look it up real quick. Okay. You know, I don't know. Um, anyway, well, what I was going to say, yeah, the, the, the homage... Homage? Homage. Homage. <laughs> to... Um, to Spock and Leonard Nimoy, and and to an extent the rest of the crew too, like yeah. that little photo he unsl- like yeah of of um when was that taken? I'm assuming you know. It was taken in the original timeline. Yeah, as in like that's that's a frame from the original show. It's actually uh, it looked like the marketing material for Undiscovered Country, which was the sixth film. Right. But it could easily have also been film five or four. Yeah, no, it okay. probably wasn't four. I was just going to say because everyone looked very old in that. <laughs> yeah, it was it was film four or five. That was, and I feel like that's a perfect image to pull. Yeah, too. That's the thing. Like you have images of the crew from the original series, mm. but that's the last moment, particularly in the undiscovered country. Yeah, um, that movie. That movie is the last mission of that original crew on yeah. the Enterprise Dash A. Yeah. Um. So and that's why I think it's an image from that right. that that crew that movie because that was their last mission that was just before they broke up and and the rest of their stories happened right okay 
What did you think of the whole Mr. Sulu having a like being gay? Was that was that in the real show? Was um, that in the original? It was never explicitly touched upon. Yeah, it but was never because this was George Takei's character, wasn't it? Yes, correct. Yeah. And that's a very big part of his persona as a celebrity now. Yes, correct. So it was interesting that they sort of threw that in there. I like that there were those sort of nods to the original cast that are sort of meta from the... And I think it's a very important thing to do, which is normalise homosexuality. Yeah. Because it's something that doesn't exist in our media. Generally, homosexual characters, while they're in our media now, and that's a good first step... They're very obviously say, in our they're media. Obviously, they're yeah. either... They're, they're, either like, they're still portrayed as other. I was going to say, they're, they're your sassy gay, mm. or your, 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 or your nerd partner, like your nerd mm. sidekick, like in Arrow. Yeah. Um, or they're the bad guy. Yeah. In this, you watch the original Star Trek movie, the, the, the gay characters are badass with a sword who kicks fucking ass and stabs a Romulan through the chest. <laughs> yeah. And, and who just happens to be who gay. Who just happens to be gay, and it's not even important. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly because how I think it Because being gay be is normal. Which is slightly not what George Decay does. <laughs> George Decay sort of revels in it, I think. But I think he's trying to... He's, which is he's trying. Trying. But did you? There's nothing wrong with either of did those Did you hear things. he didn't like this? No, really? He actually was very much against it. Oh, okay. Because according to him, their Sulu in the original timeline wasn't gay. I mean, who knows what the effects of Spock going back in time were. And the thing is, it's... Like, the only time I can remember... um, uh, Sulu has a daughter in the original timeline. Right. But it's never stated whether... Who his partner was. Yeah. So, there's no reason to think he... It wasn't another guy. I mean, so I, I think that, like... It's, I, I, not knowing how George Decay felt about it, because that's the thing. As an actor, I imagine that they had that he had a, um, a, a an idea of what the character should be and mm. and how he was playing the character. And that's fair enough. If, the, if that goes against how he envisioned that character going, then that's fair enough. You, you have every right to be up... Like, to be, to be not happy yeah, with that. Yeah, it's fine. I just think that it's such a nice, subtle nod to, to his own... Uh, issues with it, like yeah, uh, because he had a really rough life. That guy, yeah, and he, he was in Japanese internment camps yeah. in World War Two, and, and not and and then and was in the then, closet for <laughs> then was a closet homosexual for for a very long time. Like that's that's a crazy thing to have to go through, and it's nice to be able to sort of have a nod to to that and to yeah. that actor. Yeah, right. By by making the rebooted version of his character more similar to him. It just, uh, like, I, I like George Decay. I feel like he's just that his reasoning is not. Well, no, no. So I, I think he's got a perfectly legitimate reason for it. It's... I just think that the, what they were trying to do was honor him. Yeah, they were honoring him, honoring and, him, and yeah. doing what Star Trek has always done, which is push the boundaries of what is deemed mm. "quote unquote" acceptable. And that's the thing, because what what sci-fi is for as far as, like, a mechanic for telling stories goes, is showing what you want the world to be like in the future based on what it is now. Yeah. So what you want to do is, like, if, if there is still aspects of homophobia in our society, you want to show a world where there isn't any. Where being gay is just a thing that no one has to talk about that isn't a big deal. Okay, just so you know, uh, his son Adam Nimoy is the one making the film and it's called For the Love of Spock. Cool. So check that out. I might put that in the description if I can be bothered. I probably won't. Um, 
but yeah, I, I think that's a that's a really cool thing to do, and I don't think it necessarily matters what George Takei thinks about it. No, no, it doesn't. Um, it, it annoys me a little bit that he's against it, and you know, it, look, but his it's, reasons it's his are choice. valid, and that's and fine. His reasons, yeah. Uh, and that's fine. That isn't how he originally, you know, enacted the act, the character. But uh, from another point of view, is that the character can be interpreted in many ways. And, yeah, absolutely. And it's not. And you know, this is a character that took his shirt off and ran around the Enterprise once. You know, in the original series. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> so you know. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, I, like you know, Star Trek was one of the first. I think the second actually sh- show on television to have a black and a w- w- white. A black woman kiss a white man. Right. Which, which is always good. Yeah, which is always good. In but every possible aspect, that <laughs> is a good thing. And to yeah, for it to be doing the same thing now with our current, you know, and I and I hope the next because there's a new Star Trek show coming out, as I'm sure I've told you. Yes. Many a times. Yes. And I hope they continue pushing. Apparently they will have homosexual characters in that, and that's great. As long as it isn't done. Isn't for. exactly what we were saying, yeah. which is they are gay because they're gay, and that's their character. As long as they're characters who happen to be like, gay. Hey, LGBT, however many other letters are on the end of this thing now. LG- Community. LGBT. I think there's Q-I? Q, and there's, a, there's a, yeah, there's at least one other letter. I think it's and I. I'm sorry, but adding letters to your acronym just reduces the validity of having an acronym in the first place. Um, you- LGBTQI, I think it is, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> like... What was I even going to say now? I went on a tangent about acronyms. <laughs> Damn it! Yeah, well, as long as it isn't a like a grab at trying to get that community to support yes, their show, I agree. then then I'm okay with it. I was going to say characters who happen to be gay is fine. Characters for the sake of being gay is not. At the risk of spoiling something from uh, our future episode on that that will encompass the the killing joke. Yes, the very minor homosexual character in that. Um. Well, at least... Well, that's the... Th- no, no, yeah, no, yeah, he definitely was. He said that he was. Um, like, that That's that I think was done really well as well. I don't like, remember that. You'll have to remind me. The the guy who worked at the library with Barbara. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yes. Like, really, like, n- not a huge character, but still this kind of... It was an anchor point for Barbara to talk to, so that yeah. way she could reveal things yeah. to the plot. Um, but yeah, like, really nice, really well done, who was still quite camp and quite over the top yeah and I like I think you can achieve both I think you can absolutely but like it's just so obvious when it's a massive cash grab it just needs to be normalised and this movie was I, I think is a good step in that direction you don't see a lot of that in movies no Hollywood seems to be a relatively backwards sort of place for something that's for something that pushes a generally a generally liberal um, point of view quite a lot it's interesting how backwards they can be in their casting. And I was going to say, a big... I'm trying to think of the last big budget, like, movie, like like Star Trek Beyond. This is a blockbuster, mm. right? I'm trying to think yeah. of the last blockbuster. There are plenty of movies that portray homosexuals in an incredibly good light. Yeah. But a blockbuster that portrayed homosexuality in a normal light that wasn't for the sake of a gag... Yeah. Or, or for the sake of a, or just you know, a ridiculously written character. Yeah, and I honestly don't know. I can't if there think is. of one. No, I mean, I, I'd love to know if there is. Let me know in I the mean, comments below, or, you, or tweet me. Tweet me at Sam Prattwhite. The only one that's coming to mind is that very little hint at it in Frozen, where, where he's like, uh, and my family over there, and points to another man and some kids. 
I don't remember. It's that. they're they're like in the shop, and the the guy behind the counter's like, "Hello, family," <laughs> and like it pans over to them, and it's another man in a in a. Yeah. Anyway, it's it was very very subtle. It was there for like five seconds, and everyone was uproarious and rage they? at it. Remember yeah. people at, mad about that in Finding Dory too. The you know the two women that appeared to be a couple for like th- five seconds. That I that hasn't even crossed my radar yet. Oh really? Yeah. I'm I'm sure that it's happened, but oh man. I mean, we are balls deep in the political podcast right now. <laughs> Yes, so They're Star so Trek. so deep in it. So the Enterprise goes to Yorktown. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Sully meets up with his husband. I assume his husband, because surely they've passed, you know, gay marriage laws. Or Ho- they've done away the, with hopefully marriage Hopefully they've abolished the need for marriage, and they are just partners of some description. Uh, and his partners. daughter. Um, Chekhov is chatting up some lady. Um, <laughs> Did you know <laughs> whiskey? Was actually invented by Russians. Yeah. Some... <laughs> fucking hell. Um, and then... Uh, <sighs> and everyone else is doing whatever the fuck they're doing. Yeah. Spock's learning about Ambassador Spock's death. Yep. Kirk um, gets called in to um, to be told about this, this mission that they're about to go on. Um, in a nebula that requires an advanced navigation system. Yep, that so, the... so they get a distress call. Yep. Um, this woman's like, you got to come help. You know, our ship crashed. We need help. And, the Ener- and then Kirk's all like, the Enterprise is the most advanced ship in the fleet. And, you know, the Admiral's like, the more advanced ship we have isn't built yet. Hint, hint. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, 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 say no more. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and they take off into the nebula. Um, nebula. 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 Yes. Um, and find a planet. Yes. Where they are then attacked by a huge swarm of little spaceships. Of single person pods that I am assuming are just... <laughs> they're mining craft. Right, so they're made out of really hard things. Yeah, the, so they like just smash into the Enterprise and take... They take... Some of them get destroyed, but... Hey! Sorry, <laughs> you're right. The they idea... take no damage, though, for the most part. Yeah, the idea being that they're just so small and there's so many of them, by comparison to the Enterprise, that the Enterprise can fire all at once and kill a hundred of them and there's still a thousand more to take its place. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they... I like what they do to the Enterprise. They, like, swarm up and shred the warp cells off. Yeah, they just cut pieces off of it. And then when they need to board it, they just crash into yeah, they just crash into it and open. open up and get in. I mean, I feel like that's not how space works. But then again, I'm assuming that there's some sort of shielding in place to stop hull breaches like that. Enterprise has shields. The problem is they take out the radar dish at the front, which yeah. is what generates the shields. But if you're... The thing is, if they create a seal when they enter the Enterprise... Yeah. In, with some kind of shielding of their own, I was gonna, it's fine. I would have liked to see it as a sort of... Um, because like, it, w- it wouldn't have taken much if they had have gone they 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 cut into the Enterprise they open up and then on the back some like foam sticky stuff just fills the gap and then yeah like they I could didn't feel it was really, really like needed I, no but fine. I think if you're going to make a hard sci-fi you make a s- diamond hard sci-fi the thing is these new ones aren't hard sci-fi in for a penny in for a pound Sam if I agree but then you're getting old Star Trek which this is not. But that's the thing. It doesn't take very much. The thing is, though, and the Enterprise does have shielding. Yeah. And it does have, actually, 
I say the shield, the, the radar dish was taken out. That's the ship's overall shield defense system. Mm. There are localized shield generators throughout the ship. I was going to say, create. wasn't there a moment where they open a window, essentially, and it's energized, like there's some force field keeping it shut? I was going to say, yeah, there will, there will be. Like that. he was showing some girl some viewing window at some point? I don't know. That was in First Contact. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, 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 yeah. So that's in old Star Trek, so therefore it's it. in new Star Trek. That's actually a dumb scene, if Why? you think about it. Because there's one control panel in that room. Yeah. It opens up um, the... Uh, yeah, that, that the, viewing window. The viewing window. It's a really little window, and it's a shield. Now, most of the windows on the Enterprise are glass. Or they're not glass. They're, they're, they say it's transparent or aluminium. Dumb. Why wouldn't they just be screens? Like, why couldn't they just have, like... <laughs> like, like, cameras on the front and no window? So it's but all steel... Not- or something harder, something better than aluminium. Aluminium can be reinforced. Yeah, but not if it's fucking transparent, Sam. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, the point being... Yes. Yes. Either way, I don't want a shield that's powered by a ship that could lose power to be the only thing stopping me from entering space. The other weird thing about that room, it's got this control panel. The only function on that control panel seems to be to open that door... That viewing window. Who knows what and else that room's for? The only way into that room is through an, a, 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 a ventilation shaft. Because you look at that room, they come in through the ventilation shaft and exit through it, and nowhere else in the room is there a door. All sorts of renovations could have happened. Could and it, have just, it's just this little room that got lost, just got in, lost the in, the, in the blueprints. That's fine, actually. I'm okay <laughs> with that explanation for it. That there's just been like so many other rooms built around it. I. No. <laughs> Talking about first class, though. Well, that, that's the thing. First you, contact. If you've got teleporters, of... why yeah. do you walk anywhere? <laughs> Everyone walks through teleporters all the time. Why don't they just beam everywhere? Why are there doors? Because sometimes... Because energy, Cal. How much energy it uses to transport a human being, just as far as information goes? I mean, the, it, clearly not so much that, you know, you don't just do it all the time. Like, they do it all the time. <laughs> Uh, admittedly, in, yes. Instead of having elevators... I was going to say, you, we have segways now. Why don't you have a segway to move from the kitchen to your bedroom, Cal? Why do you walk from your bedroom to your kitchen, Cal? You could drive, Cal! That's a completely different kettle it's of not, fish. Though. The Enterprise is supposed to be as big as a fucking city. It's a small city, but you know how fast those turbo lifts are? You, you would, they wouldn't need... They'd be slower than a fucking beam, wouldn't they? I mean, you're right. <laughs> But it's, be- it's safer to have a bunch of turbo lifts than transporting people's molecular structures all over the joint. Well, get your technology straight. Get good. Anyway. Point is, um, so they go they go and get attacked by these, what yes. they eventually call bees. Yes. Only once, but I like that name. Yeah, I do too. The Enterprise is fucked. Completely the fucked. The warp nacelles get severed, then the they... They're, they're the little throat. They're, they're they're the testicles of the of the ship. They're the little balls on the back of it that keep it going. The engines. The engines. Well, they're not technically the engines. They're the water. Shut up. That's where the energy goes out. The engines in the bottom half, which they cut off. Shut up. And then they cut the dish off. Yes. And then so the ship's now in three pieces, with the crew. Well, technically, it's four pieces. With the, with the crew being um the, it, they they enter the escape, escape pods. pods and then collected by the individual ships. 
and taken back to who we were. Now, not everyone is collected. There are some exceptions. Scotty escapes by putting himself in one of the photon torpedoes. Yep. And then Spock and McCoy are in a turbo lift when the Enterprise gets ripped in half. So their turbo lift goes just right on out to space. (laughs) And they survive it somehow. (laughs) The speed at which turbo lifts move, you have... They have to be sealed. It's not about it being sealed, it's about them not being in seatbelts or anything. They're just bouncing around and that is it's fucking entering the atmosphere. True. They should be crushed by and the then, G-forces. And then they beat up the pilot of their one. Yep. Va- like, send him out into space. And they, they and then they, they crash one of the ships onto the planet. That's it. That makes sense. Um, and then Chekhov and Kirk are jettisoned so late... Mm. that there are no longer any bees. They jettison once the saucer is in the atmosphere. And that crash looks really good. Yeah, that This does. whole sequence looks amazing. It's tense. It's non-stop. It's a lot of fun. Mm. And things don't just get destroyed. That ship, like, crashed through mountains and it still looks, it still looks damaged. But it looks like what would actually happen if you had a city-sized lump of steel flying through the atmosphere. Correct. And, like, the warp cells get severed and they're like, okay, how can we resolve this problem? And they're like, okay, well, we'll, we'll, we we need to separate the saucer so we've got some, you know, some power to it. And they're like, okay, we'll separate the saucer. Yeah. Um, And then they separate. It's like, two laters in the atmosphere. Ah! It's like, okay, everyone off. Come on, get off. End of the line. Said Kirk. Right. Um, Um, And then they end up on the planet. They do end up on the planet, yes. So, Scotty is on his own. Yep. Who was eventually found by uh, sexy alien number one. Yeah, what's her name? Uh, it's... Kayla? I just saw this too. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, Jayla. Jayla, that's it. Yeah, righto. Um, Jayla. Lassie. Uh, Lassie. Get... <laughs> Look, Scotty got a lot more screen time than he did in the previous movies because it was written by Simon Pegg. Well, of course. But I'm fine with it. But also, it was it was directed by the guy who did Fast and Furious 7, yes. wasn't it? Who apparently did a very good job of pairing off the right characters with with each other and learning, knowing enough about those characters to have them bounce off each other really Correct. well. Which is essentially exactly what happened in this movie. Yeah they, yeah. they were just paired off into really good chemistry pairs and that was it. That was their... Yeah, Chekhov and yeah, Chekhov and Kirk, uh, Spock and McCoy, McCoy and Uhura and Sulu. Yeah, and Jayla and Scotty, and Jayla and Scotty. Yeah, yeah, who were both really good, and I like that she called it her house. Yeah. <laughs> when they were referring to the ship. Okay. Um, yeah. So long and the short of it, they spend a lot of time figuring out who's got what. We have missed the entire plot of this too. This the movie opens with. Um, Kirk offering this artifact. I really like that scene. That was so good. Like and that was really funny. It's so classic Trek too. Mm. And he speaks a lot like William Shatner does in that scene. Chris Pine. People knock him for being the worst character in this series, and I don't think he's a particularly. He was he's not a stellar actor. Really good in this. Mm. I don't know what it was about J.J. Abrams' direction, uh, directing, but he seemed like a total tosspot in the last two. In this one, I'm like... Because he was meant to be. He was was just played off as this arrogant jerk. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. In this, he's solid. He's a good character. He's he's well thought out, and he he makes decisions based on what he knows. Rather than just being like, Oh, I'm going to be edgy, because Spock wouldn't do this. (laughs) Yes, exactly. God. 
Damn it. So, um, so this artifact that, that they offer as a peace treaty to these alien race is something that a different alien race who you know, lives on this planet wants. One particular inter- interstellar terrorist called Kral um, wants. Um, so, so this is all a big plot to get the Enterprise there to steal that artifact. Yes. Um, so almost immediately after um, after they land, um, the, the woman who originally went to the um, I can't remember what it's called the the the, the big yes. old space station, the big old space looking York for help, Town. Yorktown looking for help um, is basically revealed to be a double agent for Kroll. Yeah, and she was just she claims that she was just helping her. Uh, um, she, like Kroll said to her that if they if she'd get the Enterprise there that it would that she would release her crew. But it turns out she's one of one of Kroll's associates. Yeah. It's like, her, Kroll and that other guy. Yeah. They were like the three yeah. main people. And um bloody Kirk um seems to have this master plan for revealing her, which is essentially bringing her to the artifact and then having her um think that she's got it and turn on them. Yeah, and then he's got Chekhov waiting behind her to to basically gun her down or be prepared yep. to gun her down. Yep. So like, it seems like a really genius move on Kirk's behalf. And then almost instantly after that, Chekhov asks, "How long did he know?" And he goes, "Not soon enough." And it's this really nice, humble moment for a character that is almost always such an arrogant douchebag. But he's not at all an arrogant douchebag in this movie. No, not once he's... did I go. I dislike you. I would go to see Mike. He was up there as one of my favourite characters. Mm. If not for Bones and Scotty, he probably would be. Because Bones is mint, and Scotty <laughs> is mint, and Jayla is mint, and everyone is just mint. This was such a good cast, such a, like, J.J. Abrams had a good idea of what these characters should be. I just don't think he did a very good job I still think the story. first Star Trek movie is good. I like this more than both of them. Absolutely. This and is by I know far the best one in the series. I think it's got the worst reviews out of all three. What? I don't know why people... I'm going to double check that See, fact. that's garbage. Yeah, I, I mean, agree. I can only assume that people just didn't see like, it. Sure, if you like if you like the first one more, I get why. I get where you're yeah. coming from in yeah, regards to that. If you like Into Darkness story. more, you're just a garbage Yeah, person. you're just wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're just wrong. You, you were just watching it for Benedict Cumberbatch. Just go back home and bloody... Watch Sherlock again. Put, put Sherlock on, get the hand cream out, and go to town. Do whatever you need to do. Just don't, Gross. buddy. Just don't tell me it was a good Star Trek movie. <laughs> um, All right. Now I'm not saying this is episodes we should do, <laughs> but I'm gonna make you do it. Oh God. The odd numbers Star Trek, uh, and then the even number Star uh, Trek. All right. Yeah! I, I, I actually don't mind watching the Star Trek movies. I, yes! I generally haven't had a bad time watching Star Trek. Oh boy. The the odd number Star Trek <laughs> movies, though. I mean, because... How about we do that... But some of them are, like, in Star Trek V, they visit God. How about we do they commentaries go to on God. those? <sighs> yeah, we could. But then we 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 do a commentary... Oh, but I was thinking we'd do it like the Platoon of Power Squadron. Yeah, yeah, we could do it that way, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, that's that's off topic, off air topics. It is. So, well, yeah, um, so, uh, so, yeah, it's got so Star Trek has ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. The first one, yeah, See, it's I, the best reviewed Star Trek movie. I don't think it deserves that necessarily, but I, I can see why people like it. 
I don't. I just don't think it was as good as this one. It's the best reviewed Star Trek movie. What? You've got Wrath of Khan, and you've got the Voyage Home, and come on, even the Undiscovered Country. It even is also generation. No, Sam. no, no, no. Sam. Even First Contact. Sam. Sam. Cal. It's the first decent Star Trek movie where you don't have to have watched the show to get it. Yeah, that's why. That's why. Some of the Star Trek movies you don't. Yeah, you do though. You don't. You, you, yeah, you do. Most of them you do. Why would anyone see them unless they watch the show? Yeah, no, you're right. No one would watch it. Into Darkness has 86% though, and Star Trek Beyond is 83 That's garbage. Yeah, that's wrong. That is so garbage. Yeah, I agree. It, it's not that... It's not as bad as being put on par with um, with Into Darkness. Absolutely Into not. Darkness was so un- brain-meltingly boring. And dumb. And they cured death and cured the need for starships. Yeah. The franchise is over now. <laughs> Bloody Abrams. That's why I'm glad Abrams isn't doing Star Wars 8. I mean, I think he did Star Wars 7 perfectly fine. He did, and he did Star Trek perfectly fine. He's good at starting a new series in an existing franchise because he takes the elements that work and make them his own. But then in the sequel, he seems to take those elements again and make it worse. See, I- I'm sure that there's there are people who like J.J. Abrams. Like, I- I'm I, sure that, he, like, I like J.J. Abrams. I'm sure people follow J.J. Abrams to the same level they follow Joss Whedon. I know that those people exist. Yeah. I just... I And I, I, I don't want to... I'm trying not to be a dick about this, but I just don't get it. I don't understand why people like J.J. Abrams so much. You're a lovely bloke. I love all the in- like, all the interviews that you've done. That that thing and on the James Corden show with the good. Chewbacca masks. <laughs> Hilarious. Wet my pants when you turned up. <laughs> lovely bloke. I just don't. I don't understand. I don't get Fringe. I don't get. <laughs> I've never watched Fringe. <laughs> God, do I not like French? Um, I don't like... Lost went bad. Lost was... Oh. Ah! <laughs> anyway, Star Trek. Star Trek, right. Uh, beyond. Yes. Uh, so they find the USS Franklin. Um, this is a point of love and contention for this movie. I'm very internally conflicted. And we'll, we'll talk I'm about assuming why. the Franklin is something that exists in Look, the old no, universe? No, it doesn't. Right. And that's why I'm fine with it. But, oh boy, there are some things that gripe me, Cal. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... It's called the USS Franklin. Right. So it's a ship that existed after the Federation started. Hence right. the USS. Right. Because um, that's, that's, uh, that's the designation used by the United yeah. Federation of Planets. Yeah. Should be UFP Enterprise, but... Uh, maybe it was... Maybe it was it's American kind of only? Uh, maybe it was pre that and it was... No, no, it wasn't. United the States Enter- Space Command no. ship. No, because the Enterprise is USS. Enterprise. I don't know. Clearly. <laughs> You're the nerd here, Sam. <laughs> the point is, doesn't matter, that's irrelevant. Which means, it was built, and they actually say this, after the United <laughs> Federation of Planets was a thing. Right. Now, my point of contention is, so it's the show Star Trek Enterprise, of which there are lots of references to, and I do appreciate those, because Star Trek Enterprise is actually quite good. Wake up, Cal! No. <laughs> <laughs> Enterprise is based around the first ship, which wasn't part of the Federation. This was the first Earth ship right. to have the name Enterprise. It was the SS Enterprise, or they just called it Enterprise, NX-01, right? This was USS Franklin NX-326. So, by the order of mathematics, this is a ship that exists after the Enterprise, right? I guess, but wasn't... I, I... 
Isn't the ship that they're in now a completely different Enterprise to when they began? What? Isn't the, isn't the ship that they're in now not the first Enterprise? What? The one they're I- in... At the end of this movie? No, the one that they flew onto the planet on. When they, the one it's, they crashed onto the planet it's is the, in no way the first Enterprise. It's, there well, were no. other Enterprises before it. Yes. This was the first Enterprise of the Feder- United Federation of Planets, though. Right. First Enterprise... First... Yeah. Then there was the Earthship Enterprise. Then there was the, you know, back in our day, the, you know... Then the Shuttlecraft but wait, Enterprise. So, so, no, no, wait, 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 wait. So, so y- your say. gripe here... I have them hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Just, just let me interject. The, the, the naming scheme from a ship that was built by the by the Federation, yeah, is different to the naming scheme that was used for a ship that wasn't built by the Federation. That's that's what you're saying. That it's out of order from a ship that was in a completely different series. No, no. So they've made they've gone to great effort to make it line up. The ship design similar. They made an N- it made an NX three two six instead of NCC like current ships are. Ooh. <laughs> and the captain at the end even says he fought in the Zindi War, Ooh. which was a major conflict in Enterprise. Right. Yes. Yeah. But mm-hmm. when they first walk on the bridge, they oh. say that the USS Franklin was the first ship ever to do warp four. Right. You know what the Enterprise was, which we've established came before the USS Franklin. First ship to ever do warp five. Doesn't make any sense, does it? What what if warp four's different? What if it's Oh my god, it's not. What why why wouldn't it be? It's not though. Why not? What do you mean how's it why is it different? Warp five isn't necessarily just better than warp four. It, it is could be though. a completely different type of no, warp I... Cal. Cal, you're talking to me as if I <laughs> Cal, you're talking to me as if I don't know how the warp system works. <laughs> You're such a nerd! <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> alright, go on. You're so red, right? It's alright. Look, as far as the warp yep. ratings go, it does go up. Okay. Maximum is warp 9. Right. Now, in between the original series... warp and... 10 just warps all the way back around to 1. And you're going slow again. <laughs> well, there is warp 10. <laughs> then it's not fuck. It finishes at 10. Anyway, oh. all it is... In between the... Did you just In regards nine. to the warp drive... Oh my god, yep, go on. In, be- in regards to the warp drive, they mm-hmm. actually changed... Right. ...between the original series and the next generation uh-huh. how they measure warp. Right. Of course, right. But prior to that point, it's all standardised. So, they're talking about the same warp. My point is, it can't be a warp 4 ship. All they had to do was say it was the first warp 6 ship, Cal. And it would have been fine. You finished. Also, with, why was there a bike on the bridge? With your utterly ludicrous, <laughs> complete, ridiculous, gutter trash, nonsense fucking argument. Did we not just have a discussion before this about Doctor Who and how, <laughs> oh, in the Doctor Who episode where the Daleks take all the human remains, their human remains yes, are all Yes, we established that Cal was wrong about that. Yes. That's my point. Alright, so you just wanted to bring up a time when I was wrong. That's great. Okay, moving on. Star Trek. I don't need to bring it up, Cal. It's always happening. (laughs) Um, Okay. Fuck fucking hell. In regards to warp, I also want to say... No! (laughs) I really like the warp effect in this one. How it's all bubbly and wavy. Yep. Because Uh. the way they portrayed it in, in the reboots, the 2009 and Into Darkness... 
It was like a. It was it was Star Wars. Yep. But warp drive works, so the ship goes up to light speed, and you can't actually move faster than light speed. So what it does instead, it actually warps the space around the ship, so the space becomes smaller. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that if you're observing the ship moving, the space around it would be warping. Of course. So it's an accurate effect that looks real cool. That's, that's great. Now, what were you going to say, Cal? Anyway, I love the move on with the podcast. I love the design of the USS Franklin. I love that it's it connects to Enterprise. They even made a conscious effort to make the uniforms similar. Um, It just wasn't the first warp four ship. That was only my point. Okay, you can wake up now, Cal. Can I really? You done? Yeah, you fucking done, son. Just wait. Ah! Ah! (laughs) We'll have another Pokemon podcast. And just, just, and just no, fair it. enough, fair enough. But this last like fifteen minutes has been your one little, your one little niggly gripe that you admit it doesn't bother you so much. Twenty minutes. Can we talk about the motorbike? That was dumb. I can only assume the jailer's been riding it and that she's just parked it there. I guess because yeah. it was working. It was in fully working order. Yeah, no, despite you're right. having no petrol pumps around. Nope, you're right. Um, <laughs> Runs off. I don't know, super combustible alien jizz or something. Gross. Who knows? Um, real gross. Uh, Life would be so much easier if we could run our cars off jizz. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Yeah, it would. The effects... Did you think the bike effects were real bad? For the only thing that was real, it looked worse than the Enterprise or any of those ships did. (laughs) Arguably, it was a hologram. (laughs) Most of the time. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, so anyway, like there, there the, were some times when the when the effects were a little bit off, but I think that's because there was a lot of practical effects in this. There were, and most of it looked real good. Mm. Particularly all the space stuff looked amazing. Yeah, and everything in the Yorktown looked real good too. Like them yeah. floating in the ant in the yeah, and there were a lot swell. of times that looked when surprisingly like, great. There was a lot of times when like the set was had to be on an angle for them to be walking yeah. on it, and that looked really good. And a lot when of, the Enterprise is crashed, and yeah. a lot of scenes where one person's walking on one angle and another person's walking like on a completely different thing. Yes, and yes. And, and they're like sort of walking straight up um, because the gravity would be allowing for that, whereas somebody else would have to be on a lean. It was really well put together. Yeah, they must have had those sets rigged up somehow. Yeah, like, but th- there was a lot of thought that went into exactly where everything is and how... And this is the kind of thought that Into Darkness lacked. Yes. And this movie has... And this in is... In spades. In spades, and it's why it's... Um, people don't like the villain, but I guess we'll talk oh, about one. him. Yeah. He's probably the weakest link, but it's Idris Elba. It's Idris Elba, and I like that it's a, it's a, a Mato, Mato, Mato guy. So in Star Trek Enterprise, Enterprise took place during uh, season three of Enterprise took place during wartime, and because none of the Starfleet officers were trained, they're just astronauts. They actually get a bunch of Earth military guys on board as the as a military unit for defense right. in case they're boarded or they need to go somewhere. And he was one of those guys that when all those wars ended. He then became a Starfleet captain, so that's real cool. Yeah, that, that's that's a really good way of doing this sort of like these are the mental Was it scars. Matu or Maku? Is it the mental scars that can sort of bring a person to do these sorts of things? Um, that this this is just a guy who was like sorry, I it was it's Macos, the M A C O Military Assault Command Operations, right. So he's one of those guys from Enterprise from that time who's turned bad and 
um, when the fa- when the Franklin crashed, yeah. and he's bitter that you know he he was born into war, and he's bitter about his similar to Kirk actually. Mm. I really like Kirk's line that you know I, I was born into. He's like you're going to die to save these people, and Kirk was like better to die saving people than you know live killing them. That's what I was born into. Yeah, because that's how his dad died. Yeah, in the first one. Yeah, like it's. It, it really does show the differences in points of view from those two characters who are very similar in their backgrounds, essentially. Like, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a good juxtaposition of, of, of characters there. Good contrast of morality. And I've seen this twice now. Yes. He, as a villain, is much stronger when you know his federation. Yes. They should have revealed that sooner rather than kept it for a plot twist at the end. So what's the deal with his look? Is that... Okay, so this is what I got from it. They don't explain it explicitly. Yeah. But they they do say they have technology to prolong life. Now, since they don't look human... And he says in that, in his last, you know, uh, ship database recording... Yeah. I... You know, I'm only three crew members are left. That's him and those two other guys that look like him. Right. Now, if we assume they've been luring aliens to that planet for ages and they've got technology that absorbs their life force, yep. they start looking like those aliens. And that's... Okay, so him turning back into a human was him because absorbing, absorbing the energy, the energy of energy that one guy the, who was... I was going to say the life force of humans. He absorbed a couple of humans' life force. Yeah. Can we discuss... Yes. ...the music bit? Yes. What did you think? Oh, 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 that bit. Yes, yeah. of course. It was very um, Mars Attacks, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. <laughs> um, I think... I it, loved it, though. It was then- really cool. And, like, everyone in the cinema, like, there was a little kid in front of me who was, like, dancing around. And I'm like, that's really cool. And I, I like that it's just a fun little bit. It annoyed me that basically what they did was scientific jargon. Yes, Captain, scientific jargon. Right, I see. Mr. Sulu, do the scientific jargon. Okay, what do we get out of this? Music kills the aliens. Perfect, sir. Let's go. Engage. And and that's why I'm okay with it. <laughs> you give me the sci-fi jargon that kind of makes sense. But it didn't, like... It did make a little sense. So if those no ships... littlest bit of sense. Say, but if it they communicate through a certain bandwidth frequency, you interrupt that frequency, they're going to start crashing into each other. Yeah, but that's not what did. it looked like was happening. No, it looked like they were just exploding. They were just straight up exploding. Yeah, no. If, like... They were crashing into each other, though. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. I liked how the Enterprise... uh, Sorry, the Franklin surfed it like a wave. Mm. (laughs) That looked real good. That was Um, really cool. And then they're like, Yorktown, we've got it. Oh, we've got the theme? All right, let's... Well, the the frequency to interrupt it? Let's play it. It's like... (laughs) (laughs) And then... (laughs) And then then Spock's all like... And McCoy's all like... Is is that classical music? (laughs) I'm going to throw it out there. I'm tired of that joke. That joke gets done a lot in futuristic sci-fi... And it needs to stop. Wait, I haven't seen it in... What has that been in before? Um, Fry, you can't just sit here listening to classical right. music. Yeah, Futurama. <laughs> that yeah. sort of thing. It's it's done It's done often. I couldn't name another thing. I'm Futurama, sure, of course. It's, but I'm sure every it's science Doctor fiction Who. trope I'm, has any, been done. Anytime in. you go to the future, they call contemporary things classical things. And it's supposed to be an existential moment of, oh, everything will pass. And all the things that I like now are going to be meaningless in the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, and that's a fine comment to make. Just stop making it, please. We get it. Yeah, fair enough. Otherwise, I think it was. I think it was really cool. It was really fun. It did the exact right job. It got me tapping my foot. It got most of the people in the audience dancing around. Woo! Was was really good. Really fun. Real big fucking finger to the bad guys. It's good. 
Yeah, and it was real. And uh, yeah, no, I had a lot of fun with that sequence. I, I will just say that the only problem I had with it really was that it did look like they weren't crashing into each other. Yeah, the other they were they were just exploding, uh, which made fine. it look like Kroll should have just exploded. Yes, and it made that seem like that him being there was a weird thing, and that's why you know it's them crashing into each other. Mm. And then the fist fight at the end was great, and he gets now. Can we talk about the super weapon for a second? So this whole thing's about a super weapon that he gets, and he wants to destroy the Yorktown. Basically, an even smaller version of his own B tactic. Yes, that is just absorbs it, matter. Well, just, just yeah, just destroys just things on a very very small level. That is basically the same weapon that they used in Star Trek Nemesis. Right. So in Star Trek Nemesis, it's not the exact same. In Star Trek Nemesis, it wasn't a, a, like a fog. It was a big gun, a bomb almost. But it, it essentially ripped all the matter out of you and you crumbled into dust. Right. Nemesis isn't actually a terrible movie. The terrible bit is where John Luke Picard's driving a buggy around a desert planet when they have ships that fly. <laughs> anyway, we'll watch it in our The Odds and Evens of Star Trek, <sighs> Fuck the you, podcast. You need to play Mass Effect. I really will. Do. How it's... about off-air conversation? <laughs> off-air conversation. <laughs> um, so we've skipped a huge chunk of the, of the story. Uh, it was just them getting the crew back. Yeah, but it was also... That's like the bulk of the movie. Yeah, but... Which that... I guess we won't touch on, so that way you guys can go and see it and still enjoy it. Go and see it, because it's still good. Yeah, it's really enjoyable. It's really good. Alright, I want to address two complaints that a screenwriting colleague of mine had. Yep, Last time yep. I did this, they <laughs> argued back, but maybe he won't listen to this. <laughs> he said he didn't like it, didn't like it because it was called Star Trek Beyond, and he didn't think they went beyond. They did, though. They, they went, went somewhere the, no one had went, ever been they before. They went beyond they the went, nebula. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's what I said. Just wanted to clarify I wasn't the only one who thought that. Yeah, but they, like, that, that is just... They, they never, and arbitrary they never pitched anyway. it like there was a beyond for them to be on. But I was going to say, the new Star Trek names are dumb anyway. They are real. You've dumb. got Star Trek, Star Trek Into Darkness, like no colon, just Star Trek Into Darkness, hmm. and then Star Trek Beyond. I like the old titles, personally. Voyage Home, Search for Fark, Wrath of Khan, it's all good. Nemesis, First Contact. What's wrong? What's wrong with calling things Star Wars 1? Star Trek 1? And Star Trek 2? Franchise Star Trek 3. Fuck franchises, fuck semicolons, fuck this bullshit. Because Thor the Dark World is Thor 2, isn't it? Yeah. It's never called Thor 2. Things like that I'm okay with. The only reason with Star Trek is because it's not consistent characters... I hate it, especially in... Thi- I'm, I'm going on a bit of a gripe about the Marvel Universe, I know. But in the Marvel Universe, it's annoying that you you should know when things come out based on what number they are. Yeah. You should know that Captain America 2 is, is, the same, is in the same phase as Iron Man 3 and Thor 2 and the other sequels. Yeah. And that the only one that gets any special treatment is Iron Man because it came out earlier. Everything else lines up by numbers. I agree with that. So if you're going to do Star Trek, if you're, well, if you're going to do anything, there's no reason to do anything but the, the name of the series and a number. If you want to add a colon and a subtitle to be like, this is the one with Spock in it, then you can go, cool, Star Trek 2, the one with Spock in it. Or they did the one that. with Khan in it. They did that. So it's Star Trek 2... The Wrath of Khan, Star Trek 3, The Search for Spock, Star Trek 4, Voyage Home, Star Trek 5, The Final Frontier, Star Trek 6, The Undiscovered Country, Star Trek Generations. That's and exactly re- how it should be done. The reason it stops, they take away the numbers, and the reason they do that is because the cr- crew changes and it's a and different that, story. Then. And that's fine. And then you go Star Trek 2-1. 
<laughs> no. Star Trek Crew 1, Movie 1. <laughs> so this would be Star Trek Crew 3, Movie 3. I'd say... No, because this is a reboot. So this is Star Trek 1. No. Star Trek Crew 1, Movie 1. They don't proper reboot it. They do a timeline changing. Therefore, it's part of the same same story. But it's a different universe. Different timeline. Dif- it's a, Yeah. What is a different timeline if not a different universe? I don't know. It is just a What's different your face universe. What's if it's another it's universe? Just a, it's just an alternate universe where Spock goes back in time. You're right. So. <laughs> anyway. Um, um, I had a list of things on. I made a, I made notes for this one. Oh. Uh, all right. We touched on Gay Sulu. What, do, well, we should finish up the movie, then we'll talk about the other things on the Should list. we, though? Because <laughs> um, I'm, we'll I'm looking at the time. And we're sitting at nearly an hour. Oh, really? We've done well then. We have done well. We, there was a lot of political podcasts and a lot of Sam's little gripe. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it was good. Touch on that. Touch on that. All right. All right. Let's talk about the end of this movie. Um, I liked the <laughs> so the I liked the redesign of the Enterprise that we have in the first two movies in this one. Yeah, it's fine. It's good. The warp nacelles are a little close together. Oh, yep. Mm. They're, they're too close. They should be a little... problem. It is. They're yep. a little too close. I don't like the way it Just looks. Just because the warpness will, will, will it hit the other warpness and then, and then they'll get it, all warped it doesn't when they look, warp. The, the dish looks really big and fat because the warpness cells are too close together. And mm. It looks fine on a ship designed for that, like Enterprise D. But this is Everyone Enterprise. Loves the D. <laughs> it's my favourite. <laughs> ship. <laughs> Two fantastic sound bites there. <laughs> um... And, um, they fixed it with Enterprise A. We finally get a letter on the ship. So it's USS Enterprise NCC 1701-A. And mm. the warp cells are the correct width apart. Mm. Up top, Kel. <laughs> no one saw, but I fist bumped his high five. And a guy came into work the other day. <laughs> who was like, oh, hey, brother, you mind fixing, uh, doing a thing for my phone? Like, I wish it was that easy to understand. I swear he was speaking another language. And then he, like... He, he, I, I told him to get on the phone to the customer service team, like always, because that's all we can do. And then yep. he, he comes over and he's like, cheers, bro. And like, holds his hand out like that. Yeah. My gut reaction, like he <laughs> held his hands out for, for a fist bump, yes. ladies and gentlemen. Yes. So he holds his hand out like with, with the palm of his hand facing down and all his fingers held together like he's holding something. So I put my hand out <laughs> like he was going to drop the thing in his hand into my hand. So I, so he goes, fist bump, I go, <laughs> I just like gently, almost like air cup the bottom of his fist. <laughs> just so hard to describe on an audio podcast. And then he goes, nah, knuckles bar. Like, oh, oh yes, uh, certainly. <laughs> I've never felt more not with it. And this guy is clearly older than me. <laughs> oh, fantastic. That's because fist bumps aren't a thing anymore. <laughs> You know who fist bumps? You teach it to little kids, so it's adorable. That's who fist bumps these days. Um, fantastic. That's the Enterprise A. I just want to talk about the warp cells. Yeah, sure. I just had to tell my little story. Cool. <laughs> uh, no, this is... We're running out of time. Do you mind running a little bit over? Yeah, it's fine. Go. Alright. Well, let's just start you with... You're going to be late to whatever that thing you're going to do is. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek Discovery. The new show. Did you see they actually called it Star Trek Discovery? I have not been following this surprisingly. Okay. <laughs> so they, the new Star Trek show coming out next year is going to be called Star Trek Discovery. 
It's going to be available the same time the episode's released in the US on Netflix here. Yep. Awesome. Revel- like That's good. That is really good. It's actually the first time a deal that's not in, like a Netflix original show Get has been given to Netflix worldwide everywhere but the US and Canada. Right. It's amazing. I'm, I'm actually astounded. That's really good because that's what shows should do. Yeah. <laughs> Game of Thrones. Get on it. Everything. Well, that's Get the thing, because it. Foxtel has the distribution rights for Game of Thrones here. Yeah. Fuck Foxtel, man. Fuck Foxtel right in the neck. And all their channels. Because yeah. I, I don't want to pay for anything I have to watch ads on. Get fucked. <laughs> I'll just continue to illegally download your show and then buy the posters and the and the DVDs and things, exactly. other things. If, if I have easy access to a show, like on Netflix, I'll watch it on that. If I can buy it immediately after it's been showed in the US, I will also do that if I like it. If I can't, I will download your show. See, I'm a slightly worse type of pirate. I will not pay for it if I can't justify spending, you know, it's spending 50 bucks on a season of a TV show. Especially a TV show that I've already seen because I've illegally downloaded it. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, but like, if you can make it easy for me to watch, I will watch it. But I'm probably not going to buy your show. Yeah, well... Because but like I on, don't want to buy a box set and then have to get rid of the box set because it's taking up all the fucking room on my shelf. But like on the um, fantastic new podcast that I do called Game of Catch-Up I with heard of it. Matthew over on uh, videoshoppod.com, uh, I, will, I will buy the... Um, I, I've bought the first three seasons to watch mm. on DVD. But once we catch up, I'm not paying a, net, a Foxtel subscription no. to watch the show. But that's the thing. You're buying it to watch it, which is exactly what you should buy it to do. Exactly. Otherwise, fuck off. Don't expect me to buy your shit after I've been forced to illegally download it because you fucking held it hostage behind Rupert Murdoch's fucking gold Scrooge McDuck safe. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you! You're right. You're <laughs> and that's the thing. HBO knows that they that it doesn't matter. That they can just fucking hide it behind Scrooge McDuck wall because they can just because we will just illegally download it and then go to Comic Con and and buy fucking um, buy hidden merchandise, merchandise. Yeah. and 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 get the cast members to sign our shit. And because we'll do that, because we love the show, because it's a great show. Yeah, give but me if a way we to love buy the it. show, and you can be confident that we're going to love the show. Give us the fucking show! <laughs> yes. Fuck! Cool, I'm glad you went on that rant. Cool. Um, so, my rant now? Yeah, anyway, so, Star Trek, Star Trek Discovery, that's pretty much all I wanted say to say. What you're gonna say. It's going to be on Netflix, so that's amazing. So we're going to have to talk about it on this show when it comes out next year, so you'll have to watch it. 13 episodes that's on Netflix, you've got no excuse not to get behind it. Yeah, but I'm not going to bojack it, I'm not going to watch it all in one night like I normally... Like well, they, 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 it's... Because it's being released weekly in the US, it'll be weekly on Netflix here. Dumb... It's a step in the right direction. Now, did you hear about the Star Trek fan film guidelines? This fan was a- film guidelines? Yeah. I have heard about people getting in trouble for making a Star Trek fan film of some right. description. So there's a Star Trek fan film called um, Zana? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's that. And pretty much it was... Um, it had some of the original cast, real nice. high budget, made a bunch of money on Kickstarter. So it was like a short film with some of the original cast... Um, that then that they got enough funding to make a full episode on, right? And it took place after the cancelled Enterprise did, yep. but before the original series came in. Um, okay. CBS, right? It's taken them to court, right? Because reasons, I guess. I mean, you do legally have to protect your your, your intellectual property. The thing is, 
Gene Roddenberry's dead. Has been so for a good 30 years. Fuck off with your copyright. Yeah, but old fucking Walter Frozenhead Disney doesn't want you using your shit until 70 years after he's dead. I Actually, I think it's gone up to 100 now. Jesus. Because it was the... I'm going to make all the films with... Wasn't was <coughs> nearly... It was like the 70th anniversary of Mickey Mouse not that long ago, wasn't it? Don't think so. Or, Maybe or, or, or we're coming up to it anyway. Yeah, because yeah. it was 50 years of Mickey in the early 2000s. Yes. So I think and we're they, getting And they to pushed s- it to 70. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure we're coming up to it and they're looking to open up that case again to push it to 100. <laughs> yeah, and but the thing is it's just going to get kept getting pushed back. Because Walt Disney is ridiculously the powerful. The thing is, corporations should not be allowed to own things. So basically, if you don't want... Fucking copyright controlling everything for the rest of your life. Don't ever go and see a movie that has anything to do with Disney. So therefore, stop going to see movies. Because they own fucking everything that isn't Sony. And Sony's garbage. We all know Cal really likes the idea of copyright. Um, Fuck. Yeah, go on. See CGP Grey's copyright video for... That's a great source to watch, actually, rather than let us rant on about it. Um... The, uh, it all started, though, when they gave corporations the same powers individuals have. Yes. Which is inherently wrong, and it's everything wrong with... It's, it's not everything wrong with the world today, but it's responsible for a lot of bad things. And see, I don't even think that it's so inherently evil, I just think the world would be a better place without it. Yes. Well, you know, you're right. Well, it's a concept. It can't be inherently evil. Hmm. The problem is, it's made up of people who... Who have a vested interest in money. See, but uh, the, the thing about capitalism... Political sorry, podcast. Yes. Oh, okay, one last thing, one little thing All about right, capitalism. The whole, the whole point of it is uh, a free marketplace of ideas where the best ideas win. Yeah. And when you win a couple of times, you have enough money to not lose anymore. You can yes. buy all the shit where you don't lose. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. That's how the system works. It's a really good system. Works 99% of the time. The problem with it is, if I want to see a Star Wars movie, that, you know, that uh, something that I really... Like, if I wanted to see... I'm, I'm more likely to more get like- a good Star Wars movie if everyone can make a Star Wars movie and I can pick the best one. Yes. Then, then we are to decide- just get J.J. Abrams to do it. Or you can decide, fuck J.J. Abrams, I'll make my own Star Wars movie. Yeah, and as long as you don't say this is Disney's Star Wars movie, no, you just say this is this a, is my Star. Wars You wouldn't even movie. call it Star Wars. You just base it on Star Wars. Yeah, you can call it whatever the fuck you want. And that's the thing. If call you... it lightsaber battles. Yeah, the movie in four dimensions. Call it Galacta battles. Galacta battles. <laughs> All right. Can we uh, quickly look at the fan film guidelines? Because, yeah, no. as in, we're gonna like watch it. No, no, no. <laughs> it's a list. Right, so it is guidelines. Yes. Right, okay. Ten of them, to cool. be exact. Yep, let's go for it. The commandments, one might say. Yep, the, the ten commandments of making thine Star Trek fan film. So the first one is, the fan production must Wait, be less... Hang, hang. Can, can you put these all as thou shalt not? Uh, <laughs> thou shalt not... No, I can't. Because <laughs> it's very specifically right, go worded. On, say it. The fan production must be less than 15 minutes for a single self-contained, single self-contained story or no more than two segments, episodes or parts, not to exceed 30 minutes total with no additional seasons, episode parts, sequels or remakes. Thou shalt not exceed 15 minutes per episode. Next. <laughs> that one is one of the ones that aggravates me the most. <laughs> I, I, I don't see a problem with it. 
I mean, but the, but the thing the is, thing it's, is it's, it's restricting your ability to, to tell a story, and that's yes. fundamentally wrong. The thing is, again, on Engage, the official Star Trek podcast, they had the guy who, you know, the, the representative for these guidelines come right. on to do a talk, and it's all about returning fan films to where they belong. It was more about getting perks than seeing a good fan film mm. with Kickstarters. Give me a fucking break. Mm. You were mad because they were making better content. It's because they want people to buy the official Star Trek merchandise. And, that, that, and that's a perfectly legitimate reason. Anyone who comes out and goes... that, Anyone who says that and then gets, and then gets booed is being booed by idiots. The thing is, though, again, at this point, Star Trek shouldn't be owned by anyone. I, I, I agree. But... But I, I don't think it's inherently wrong to say that you should buy the original stuff and you should support the original thing because the original thing is the what's going to get more fans into Apart from Star Trek Beyond, the last movie they made was crap. Yeah. The last show they made was average and they cancelled it. Mm. And in fact, you know what? Take, taking out Star Trek and Star Trek Beyond, the last four movies they made were garbage. But you know what you do if you're Disney... Or Disney owns Star Trek at this no. point, don't they? No. Paramount. Okay. Well, if it's you, complicated. CBS owns it on TV. Paramount owns it in film. If you were CBS, yes, say, why would like? And you found a uh, a fan film that was doing unbelievably well, making a heap of money, making as much money as that you would be happy with your TV show making. Yeah. Why would you not hire all those people, give them a slightly bigger budget, and tell them make me money? That's the problem. They just sued them. And yeah. we're like, stop this. Yeah. Or we're going to take everything you've ever owned. So that's what's wrong about it. Not any of this fan fiction bullshit. Like, yeah. Well, anyway. that's the thing as well. It's f- bullshit. Mm. Like, they're like, we're the first ones to give official fan film guidelines. If you're gu- making guidelines for fan films, it's kind of taking out the fan film bit. Mm. Um, number two is... Uh, Thou shall not call it Star Trek. Then what... Are, what... However, they'll must title it a subtitle, a Star Trek fan film production. Fuck off. Yeah, right? Fuck. <laughs> Fuck thine self in thy neck. <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> You're telling us what format it can be in and how it can be named. Yep. I was expecting fucking Star Trek guidelines along the worse. lines of Spock must always act in a logical oh, no. manner. No. <laughs> the con. The, the content in Thou fan film must be original, not reproductions or recreations or clips from any Star Trek production. I'm okay with that. I am too. That's fine. Um, if, if non-Star Trek third-party content is used, all necessary permissions for any... Alright, that's fine. That makes sense. That should apply. Um, if the fan production uses commercially available Star Trek uniforms, accessories, toys and props... These items must be officially purchased and not bootleg items or imitations of such commercially available products. How the fuck will they know? If it's good enough to be in the fan film, it's good enough to not be fucking picked up. And the thing is, they said in the Engage podcast... He's, the guy said, he's like, oh, well, you know, they're guidelines, so we're not going to enforce this rule. Take it out, then! Yeah! Well, and, and that's the other thing. How many fa- how many people are out there making fan films who can't afford this shit? Who are just having a bit of fun in their backyard? Who are just doing it on a budget of it? Now, this is what gripes me. The fan, their fan production must be a real fan production. For example, creators, actors, and all other participants must be amateurs. 
cannot be compensated for their services and cannot be currently or previously employed on any Star Trek series, films, productions of, or, uh, of DVDs, or with any of CBS or Paramount Pictures licenses. So that's that's just that's just a dick move. Yeah. So I, I'm not I, like I'm an amateur. But what? As soon as I have a, a, a as soon as you graduate, as soon as I graduate and I have a bachelor of screenwriting, what? I can't make a Star Trek fan film because I got something that says I can write scripts real good. Because you're enthusiastic about making fan films enough to go and pursue that as a career. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. And Get the whole here. thing is, well, what, you don't want anyone who's been on Star Trek doing it either. Well, because cle- be- yeah, clearly that's the point. You can't get Will Shatner to turn up and say, I'm fucking Kirk. And- yeah, yeah, but even that's annoying. It is, because what I would like to Because they should be able to do anything they want. Exactly. <laughs> don't tell them what to do, Paramount. William Shatner's his own man. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to sing fucking common people. He will sing common people, damn it. Um... Number six, or number six has dot points. Oh, here we go. The fan production must be non-commercial. Fair enough. That's understandable. CBS and Paramount do not object to limited fundraising for the creation of the fan production. Understandable. Whether one or two segments and consisting with these guidelines, as long as the total amount does not exceed $50,000, including all platform fees, and when the $50,000 is reached, all fundraising must cease. It's, It's fair enough. It's... It's understandable. It's, but it's basically don't make any money off of our shit. Yeah. Which I think is wrong, but I understand why they're doing it. I, I can't really knock it too hard. The fan production must only be exhibited or distributed on a non-charge uh, basis and or shared via streaming services without generating revenue. Look, if they had a legitimate... Like, they, they have a legitimate claim to the copyright. If I believe they deserve copyright, then that's also fine. Um, the fan film cannot be distributed on a physical format such as DVD or Blu-ray. That, I think, is kind of bogus. Yeah, I think it is. Like, if someone... Like, if you're giving these away for free... Yeah. Then fuck off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. As soon as you're making money on... Because that's the thing. No. You should not... Like, if, if your rule is, thou shalt not earn money off of Star Trek... Yes. Then... That's if somebody reasonable. If somebody spends five bucks per Blu-ray... And then they sell them for five bucks after they've burned it on there. They've lost money, like yeah. they've lost they've lost time that they've spent doing that. And that so, so like yeah, they they are they're not earning money yeah. from doing this. Let them do it. Yeah, right. Let them cover the cost of their own production. Yeah, which is what you've allowed them to do in the fundraising section of it. Yeah, so, so don't... If part of that fifty thousand dollars is buying a heap of fucking Blu-rays. <laughs> And, Let and, them do it. And burning it out. Fucking, what, what's your problem? The thing is, then, the next one is, you know, no advertising. The same kind of shit. Thou um, <laughs> shall not... I don't know how to word this one. No unlicensed Star Trek-related or fan-produced-related merchandise or services can be offered for sale or given away as premiums, perks, or rewards or in connection with the fan production fundraising. Dumb. So, that's dumb because you've what you've just done is essentially limited them to just fundraising on a personal website. They can't use Kickstarter, can't yeah. use Indiegogo, yeah. they can't use Possible. They, they, they can't take photos or and sign them as part of a, like, you know... Like, they couldn't even do something that was 100% their own content and, and ask people to pay a little bit extra to get that extra thing. Yeah. It's garbage. It's that's, ridiculous. That's absolute. 
because you've said you can earn fifty thousand, but you but that's not how fundraising on the internet works anymore. No, there's. I don't think there is a way to put a hard limit on a Kickstarter. There's not. There's not. It just keeps going till the fundraiser's done. Yeah. Um. I don't. At least I think. Thou's fan production must be family friendly and suitable for public presentation. If we can't distribute it, why does it matter if it's good for public presentation? Fuck you. Videos must not include profanity, nudity, obscenity, pornography, depictions of drugs, alcohol, tobacco, or any harmful or legal activity. Uh, did, 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 uh, uh, in Star Trek Beyond today, we not watch uh, McCoy and uh, uh, Captain Kirk down a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> and did we not see multiple topless alien babes in the first fucking Star Trek movie? At least at least topless, not braless, but topless. Yes. We saw, we saw like, what could arguably call, be called nudity. Or any mature, uh, any material that is offensive, fraudulent, defamatory, laboristic, parodying, sexually explicit, threatening, hateful, or any other inappropriate content. The content of the fan production cannot violate any, in, any individual's right of privacy. But That's... the original movies can. Cheers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking yeah. garbage. Yeah, right? Sorry, Bob, we're nearly done. <laughs> We've only got two, uh, two, two um, more. I could swear I heard you guys say, "All right, we're going to start wrapping up like half an hour." Yeah, yeah. Basically. yeah I, I wanted to go on a bit of a political podcast rant. We should put in like a time code. Like if you, if we've done talking about beyond here, you can stop listening. Now. Yeah, we, yeah, we might do that. We're, we're, at the moment, we're talking about the Ten Commandments of the Star Trek uh, uh, fan films that uh, that Star Trek has officially come out with. That Len and Nimoy descended from the mountains with, carved in <laughs> <laughs> No, if Len and Nimoy descended with them, they'd be much better. Or, or, or we'd at least agree with them more. <laughs> like, some of them are like, I get that, that's general. But other ones are like, okay, could you remove your hand from my asshole now, please? <laughs> Stop <laughs> flapping it around <laughs> trying to move my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> the fan production must not display... Uh, the fan production must display the following disclaimer in the on-screen credits of the fan production and on any marketing material including the fan production website or page hosting the fan production. And it's just Star Trek, Star Trek belongs yeah, yeah, to yeah, yeah, CBS yeah. Paramount. That I'm kind of okay with. Yep. Creators of fan productions must not seek to register their works nor any elements of the works under copyright or trademark law. Again, fine. Yep. Um, I, even though I disagree with the whole idea of copywriting Star Trek still, but fan productions cannot create or imply any association or endorsement by CBS or Paramount Productions. Again, fine. Uh, but then at the bottom, they're like, CBS and Paramount Pictures reserve the right to uh, revise, revoke, and or withdraw these guidelines at any time. So you could yeah. abide by these guidelines, put it on the internet, then get sued. Yeah. Garbage. And, and the- like, so many fan films do their absolute best to be as true to the original uh, as possible. You know and- how many fan films I've watched that are better than the original? Okay. I'm going to talk a little bit about Team Four Star and Dragon Ball Z Abridged. I know you know nothing about it. Neither. But at this point, uh, Bob can say... I'm only throwing him under the bus here. Uh Uh-oh. But Bob can say very safely... He doesn't. He hasn't watched the original series in, in its entirety. In Not an episode. Not an episode. <laughs> Maybe one. You, you've certainly never sat down and watched uh, the, the Saiyan saga, for example, like the first episode f- from from Raditz turning up to Vegeta getting kicked, getting his ass kicked. You've never yeah. seen that all the way through, except in the form of Dragon Ball Z abridged. That is correct. Because Dragon Ball Z abridged addresses all the flaws in a deeply, deeply flawed show, and not only compensates for them. But turns like 
creates its own and explains so many aspects of the show that are just untouched. And I, 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 I argue that this fuck that Team Four Star is better than the original show. There is uh, a group of people called Star Trek: The Adventure Continues. Yes, they rebuilt the set of the bridge and the engine room and hallways of the original Star Trek uh, Enterprise. They created whole episodes based on... Not based on, like, their own stories or based on scrapped ideas for the original series. Yeah. Full episodes. And they're really good. Yeah. And some of them are better than the original series. Now, some of the original series is real good, but a lot of this new stuff, because it's just... It's got the camp of the originals, Mm. but it's just got that extra little bit of um, budget. You know, Mm. that little bit extra effects that they can do for cheap. Mm. Uh, and it's really good. And they have the original actor for Chekhov yep. is, appears in it. Because nice. young Chekhov, who's played by someone else, um, is aged rapidly in right. one of the stories and ends yep. up being played by now old Chekhov. That's really cool. Uh, some kind of similar thing happened with Sulu. George Takei appeared in an episode. That's really cool. Um, and they're really solid. Yep. They're really good. Those guys can't make those anymore. Yeah. And fuck the people who said that they can't. Yes. Have you ever heard of Fallout Nuka Break? Yes. Yeah. I've watched so it. So well done. I haven't seen it all. I've only seen the first few episodes. Or like the first season or whatever. Yeah, like. I'm the same. They're the mini, it's a miniseries, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's yeah. like, there's multiple seasons of the miniseries, so. Yeah. Yeah, I've only ever seen like the first, the first one. Yeah, me too. But like, that is such a good thing and they're producing it on their own budget. They're like, like they're, they're crowdfunding money, I'm pretty sure, and... And Who no does one. that? Someone I watch does that. I, I don't know. But I don't remember. Anyway. Really great stuff. Yeah, I know. Fan films are the beginning of hugely successful film and television careers. That, like, by, and... by, by putting this shit in place, all you're doing is stifling creativity and yes. stifling artists yes. from being able to make the shit they want but to make. But they claim Fuck it's you. to bring creativity back to the... Take fan films back to their roots. No. Gross. Well, yeah, because that is putting them back in their place. Yeah. That is saying, yeah. fuck you, get off my big screen, get back on your fucking mobile phone bullshit dick screen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fuck and these the people, is, man. Studios make movies to make money, that's fine. A fan film is made purely out of a passion and love for that story and those characters. Yeah. Therefore, like I said, they're often real good. Mm. The ones that get money are really good. Yeah. And when the fundamental difference between big blockbuster Hollywood movies and fan films is that one is a labour of love and one is a labour of a cash grab, but we're and that's treating not always them the true. wrong way round. And that's not always true. Simon Pegg does, you know, I'm sure he put a lot of heart into this movie. Absolutely, and but I don't discount that. I was going to say, but you know how much of the heart was taken out? Because the original script for Briand was sent back saying this is too Star trek Yeah. Fuck you, Paramount! But the fact that there are these people out there who really, dick. who really, really love the content, really want to make stuff out of it, and and people are treating them like they're the criminals, yes. like they're the ones who are doing the fucking bad thing by the series, and, re- and detracting from the original series, fuck you, Hollywood! Gene Roddenberry, rolling around in his grave. Just having a big old fit, He's foaming at the mouth. Fuck you, Paramount. Fuck and everything. Hollywood as a whole. Hollywood as a whole. Yeah. Eat a big old dick. 
I want to end on a more positive note. Political podcast over. <laughs> Coming soon to what days have we got left? Uh-huh. Thursdays. <laughs> no, I don't even know Thursdays. Anyway. Um, yeah. I think that was everything on my list of notes. That was the last one on there. This is we what we need been... to do a political podcast. Yeah, this, I know. This has gone for like an hour and a half now. That's because that's fine. We Remember when we used to do real long episodes? Yeah. But hey, like between between that and the whole um, homosexual representation conversation, like yeah. we, we've put a lot of politics in here. Yeah. And a lot of but, off-topic conversation. But you know what? That's what? Star Trek. Star Trek has always been social commentary political awareness yeah in regards the difference to that between it and star wars leave the fucking politics out of star wars <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> although yeah although i would have liked a little bit more in force awakens they kind of <laughs> they kind of skip over but all what about all the trade embargoes sam <laughs> i want to know what's going on with all the fucking different economical systems in the galaxy that's why i like star trek <laughs> no that's not true i and you know what? I'm more angry because since watching Beyond, I've been on a bit of a Star Trek high because it, it gave me that taste of Star Trek that I love. I've watched some of the Next Generation episodes. Yeah. Look, season one and two aren't great, but after season three, that show is has some uh, filmed gold. Like, <laughs> right, taken okay. some gold and filmed it. And fuck off, Bobby. I saw the look you gave me. <laughs> I have to sit through two seasons of mediocrity to get to something that's acceptable. Fuck you. Don't watch season... <laughs> you know, I'll just say, don't watch season one and two. I I only watched season one and two once I'd watched nearly all of the rest of it. Jump... You know what? I'll give you some significant episodes to watch. The nice thing about old Star Trek is you don't have to... Um, Guys, I, I love that no this ongoing. conversation is a thing, but can we please... <laughs> yes, yeah, so we can't point out that I've seen Ugh. one and most of two. Only two episodes in season one are, of in, are connected in any way, shape or form. I was going to say, yeah, you don't need to watch because they're not connected. So you can and just... they're connected by a sentence, by the way. Yeah. So it doesn't count. There are two-parter episodes, they're the only ones that are connected. And this often you context clues. That's the nice thing about... Because they were made at a time when you, didn't, you couldn't just serialise a TV no, show because people didn't watch it every week. And I was going to say, Next Generation was one of those shows... It was the biggest show ever that was I don't, syndicated. Which means it wasn't always on at the same time. It wasn't always necessarily on the same channel, to my understanding. That's not a thing anymore. But, um... But um, we should wrap it up. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> Star Trek's amazing. Paramount sucks. Really good movie. Go and see it. Um, uh, look forward to the political podcast. Being gay's okay. <laughs> Go to videoshoppod.com for all your being gay needs. Don't what? promise that. <laughs> okay. See you, nerds. <laughs>